Chapter 59 Thief Dread hit Nix with such force that for a second she couldn't function. It was all too clear now why the toilet had been making strange sounds. The librarian must have plugged it up and left just as it was about to overflow. Mr. Coons fumbled with his keys at the door. He didn't seem too thrilled about the discolored water pouring onto his shoes. In fact, from his dark expression, he was ready to murder whoever had locked themselves in there. For a second, Nix considered abandoning her body. Let them find her dead. At least she wouldn't have to face them all and explain why she was lying on the bathroom floor, covered in... Ugh! No, that was cowardly. She had to face them. Between rescuing Sarah, cleaning up Woods Cross, and winning Tiago's heart in marriage, Nix had too much to do. As the hall became increasingly crowded with onlookers, Jordan's face appeared. He would help her. As long as she wasn't alone, she could face this humiliation. Mr. Coons turned the key in the lock. Nix materialized inside her body and forced her heart into action. The typical flash of blinding pain rocked her body, immediately followed by a wave of horrid sensations. Her body, ice cold and wet, a suffocating odor, total blackness, the anxious muttering of students waiting to see what they would discover behind the wooden door. Light spilled into the tiny bathroom. Nix tried to push herself up on her elbows or roll to the side. It was no use. Her body obstinately refused to move. Oh well, at least she wasn't brain damaged. She'd even retained most of what she'd been doing out of her body. Coons and McGuckin appeared in the doorway. What do you think you're doing in here? The vice principal asked, as if Nix had simply decided to take a nap on the tile. Mr. Coons flipped the light switch. Nix didn't know whether to feign unconsciousness or try to explain herself. Then she remembered the Mustang. Maybe it wasn't too late. She lifted her head slightly. I'm sorry, Vice Principal. I wasn't feeling well, but on my way in here, I did see someone ditching class. Two completely unrelated statements, but she didn't really have time to work it into the conversation. A skeptical look crossed McGuckin's saliva-covered face. What are you talking about? She'd have to chance it. Eric Patterson. He was heading toward the parking lot. McGuckin's eyes widened. I knew it, he whispered. And then he was gone. Apparently, the multiple proddings to look out the window had done some good after all. Hopefully, he would be fast enough to catch Patterson. Hopefully, it really was Patterson and not some troublemaking truant. After an awkward moment of Coons trying to help Nick stand, Mrs. Finkbone appeared and suggested they leave her until someone checked her out. The toothless security guard mumbled something about a mop and left. He didn't seem nearly as angry as Nick's remembered. Maybe he actually felt sorry for her. Fawn stepped forward, a hand cupping her nose and mouth. Should I get the nurse? Agnes doesn't know lice from leprosy, said Mrs. Finkbone. Run over to the gym and see if Mr. Turtletab can come take a look at her. I'm okay, Nick said, trying not to make eye contact with any of the students peering into the bathroom. Just give me a couple of minutes. Rest, dear, Mr. Turtletab is first aid certified. Fawn set off on her mission with a couple of her more loyal followers. Jordan pushed his way into the bathroom and knelt in the smelly water. You didn't just do what I think you did. It was worth it, Nix replied. At least it will be if... The wolverine growl echoed through the hall. Mrs. Finkbone tried to usher students to class, but they ignored her and continued to giggle about the one-eared, possibly pregnant girl lying in poo water. It actually wasn't as mortifying as Nix thought it would be. Perhaps she'd been humiliated enough that it was starting to lose its bite. Or maybe she was simply starting to care less what other people thought. 
At any rate, Nix was too excited about what she'd discovered to dwell on her situation. Wait till you hear what I found out. Was it him? Jordan asked. It gets better. The last growl sounded, and Mrs. Finkbone began speaking very quickly. I told them, Vice Principal. I asked them to- Class! No! McGuckin's screams rattled the lights in their fixtures. Jordan was smart enough to slip out of the bathroom and mix in with the rest of the scattering students, but not before grinning and whispering, He's got him. A moment later, Nick saw what he meant. McGuckin stepped into the doorway of the bathroom, red-faced and winded. At the end of his right arm, held firmly by the collar, was a tall boy with the beginnings of a beard. I don't care what your senile grandpa says, McGuckin said. Keep your mouth shut. What was all this talk about the boy's grandpa? Did Eric not live with his parents? Maybe his grandpa was that Asian man changing the light bulb. Now that Nix was looking for it, she could see the hint of Asian features in Eric's face. At any rate, the address didn't matter now. He was caught. The hall quickly emptied of children, leaving only Mrs. Finkbone and a student teacher who didn't look much older than the teenagers. Naturally, the library aide was nowhere to be seen. McGuckin turned his attention to Nix. As for you, whack. You know this bathroom is off limits. You'll be spending last period in detention alongside Mr. Patterson. Nix barely kept from grinning. Finally, someone that knew the boy's name. It would be well worth the detention when she made her report to Sergeant Frost and busted the entire group of teenage criminals. The only thing that bothered her was having to wait another hour before telling Jordan everything she'd heard. You think I care about detention, Guckface? Nix blinked. Even when she'd threatened McGuckin, she hadn't been that rude. Was Eric trying to get dismembered? You will call me Vice Principal McGuckin. Yeah, yeah, you'll call me Sir Eric who doesn't give a rat's puckered. Mrs. Finkbone cleared her throat quickly, but she couldn't suppress a smile. McGuckin didn't find it quite so humorous. His bloodshot eyes seemed to turn several shades redder. Was he trying to decide which limb to tear off first? The double doors at the end of the hall creaked open. Take your time, Jim, Mrs. Finkbone called. Wouldn't want you to break a sweat. Mr. Turtletab casually approached the bathroom and gazed in. Afternoon, Vice Principal. What have we here? Mrs. Finkbone put a hairpin in her mouth and tightened her bun. I asked Fawn to get you. This student seems to have slipped, and I thought someone should look her over before we attempt to move her. Nix tried not to be bothered by the phrase, attempt to move her. I thought it might be something like that, Mr. Turtletab said with a grin. The Deshay girl told me a cow had wandered into the faculty bathroom and they needed me to put it out of its misery. Fawn had just earned herself a bed full of house centipedes. Jim, Mrs. Finkbone said after a few seconds, aren't you going to? Well, look who it is. Mr. Turtletab had caught sight of Eric. I don't think I've seen you since the first week of school. You've picked a great day to show up. We're conditioning. Wind sprints and a two-mile jog. Maybe if you finish in a decent time, I'll even raise you to a D. Sorry, sir, Eric said. You'll have to torture someone else today. I'm spending seventh hour in detention. A look of glee appeared on McGuckin's soggy face. Oh, no, you're not. You're going straight to the gym, and if you don't participate to Mr. Turtletab's satisfaction, I'll have you expelled. Eric's smug demeanor evaporated, and his cheeks grew rosy with silent fury. Apparently, the idea of running until he vomited didn't appeal to him. Wonderful, Mrs. Finkbone said in a flat voice. Now that all the important business is taken care of, let's see if the girl's back is broken. You in any pain? The P.E. teacher asked Nix. No. Can you move your feet? Nix wiggled her new sneakers. She's fine. Mr. Turtletab pulled Nix to her feet. Mr. Coons rolled a mop bucket down the hall. 
McGuckin snatched the mop and thrust it into Eric's chest. Fatty can clean up her own mess, Eric said, looking at Nix for the first time. It gave her the chills. What would he do if he knew she was the one who sent McGuckin after him, or that she was about to expose his drug dealing and various assaults? She'll be in detention, McGuckin said with a childish smile. He turned to Turtle Tab. Jim, return to your class. I'll have Patterson there in five minutes. He glanced into the bathroom and grimaced. Maybe ten. Nix almost felt sorry for Eric. Then she remembered Ms. Winkle's jagged line of stitches. Mrs. Finkbone offered to help Nix to detention, but she politely refused. Having McGuckin otherwise occupied was a handy coincidence, and Nix wasn't about to waste it by going straight to his office. Hopefully he wouldn't notice her drip trail leading to the home ec room. Nix arrived at Ms. Winkle's classroom just as they broke into the kitchen pods. After several loud psts in the doorway, Jordan noticed and slipped out into the hall. I was just about to make myself barf so I can come check on you. Is it really Eric? Nix nodded, suddenly short of breath. There was so much to tell him she hardly knew where to begin. Urbanex started the fire. What fire? His fire? Why would he burn down his own house? I heard him talking with Eric. He was smoking in bed, and it wasn't cigarettes either. Urbanex doing drugs? How'd you figure that out? And anyway, who'd be stupid enough to sell drugs to a teacher? A look of comprehension dawned on his face. Go tea boy, he whispered. In a jumble of words, Nix told him everything she'd seen, even the part about McGuckin making Eric clean the bathroom before going to P.E. We've got to get that notepad, Jordan said. What, the one he keeps in his underwear? Gross. It's probably got the names of everyone he buys and sells from. It's a gold mine of evidence, and it's even better that he's going to gym. Nick squinted at him. What does P.E. have to do with anything? Mandatory showers. He has to leave his notepad alone. All we have to do is snatch it. We? There's no way I'm going into the boys' locker room. You can do your own snatching. Obviously. The only thing is, he'll probably lock up his clothes before he showers. I'll need you to get his combination. How the flip do you expect me to do that unless I was watching him while he- Oh no. I've already left my body once today. Besides, I'll be in detention. You could do it. People sleep in detention all the time. McGuckin won't even notice. Until he tries to wake me up. It would only be the last five minutes of class anyway, Jordan said. All you have to do is watch Eric open his locker, tell me the combo, and go back. Thirty seconds tops. You think you'd be able to get the numbers into my head? Probably, but don't you think the other freshmen will wonder why you're ransacking someone's locker? They'll all be showering, and if I know the combination, they won't think anything of it. Nix didn't like the idea of leaving her body in front of McGuckin, nor did she want Jordan stealing things from the boys so adept at breaking ribs. Whatever happened to thou shalt not steal? Nix asked, though by now it was only to remind Jordan her participation was grudging. I've thought about that, Jordan replied, more serious. But in Proverbs 6.30, it also says, Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when hungry. You're not exactly stealing a loaf of bread to feed your family. But it's a good cause, right? Fighting crime? I say we tell your dad what we know and let him deal with it. Jordan leaned his forehead against the door jamb. And how are you going to explain how we found this all out? You're going to tell him about your secret trick? No. Too many people already knew about her ability as it was. The more that found out, the less likely Nix would be to have full control. They can't convict someone on hearsay, Jordan said. You've got to have hard evidence, eyewitnesses or eyewitnesses with credible stories. That's why we need the notepad. It will speak for itself. 
Nick sighed through her nose. I'll do my best. If I don't have a set of numbers pop magically into my mind, I'll try something else. Like mugging him while he gets dressed? Also, have you forgotten about the possibility that a demon might hijack my body and go on a killing spree? Jordan put a hand to his mouth. You're right, you might strangle McGuckin. What a tragedy that would be. I'm more concerned with the murders that followed, and how many life sentences I'd be. The door opened, and Ms. Winkle smiled at them. I find cooking's a lot easier when you're in the same room as the food. Sorry, Nick said. It's my fault. I'm supposed to be in detention right now. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure Jordan would love to join you, but there are blueberry pies to be made. Nix groaned. Why couldn't she have missed green bean salad day? Don't worry, I'll save you some, Jordan said. He followed Ms. Winkle back inside. Good luck, he whispered before the door closed. You're gonna need it more than I will, Nix mumbled as she dripped toward detention. The room was locked when she arrived, so she sat in the hallway. Before long, McGuckin appeared with two senior boys, who from their ripped clothing and bloody faces had just been pulled off each other. Nix chose a chair in the corner, the farthest away from McGuckin's desk. The fighters sat together on the opposite side of the room from her. Apparently neither hated the other enough to sit by the smelly girl with the discolored head bandages. That was just fine with Nix. She didn't want anyone close enough to notice her breathing stop. The real trick would be positioning her body so it didn't fall out of the chair when she died. The room smelled of sweat and quickly grew stuffy. McGuckin looked through his mail. The boys alternated between scowling and examining their battle wounds. Nix spent the time watching the clock and trying to wedge her body tight enough into the corner that it would stay put when she relaxed completely. She quickly discovered it was impossible to relax completely without actually being unconscious. McGuckin glanced over at her a few times, no doubt wondering why she was being so affectionate with the wall. The time to test out her positioning, five minutes before final growl, came too soon. The restless boys appeared to be counting ceiling tiles. McGuckin was still going through his inbox, but Nix wasn't ready. What if she left her body and McGuckin let them out early? Okay, that would never happen, but still. What if he noticed the minute her head dropped and tried to wake her up? Maybe she should just let Jordan do this on his own. It was his idea after all. But then he hadn't abandoned her when she'd asked him to call her neighbors about the cats, or when she insisted they explore the Avendroth mansion. In fact, he'd gotten grounded for that one. Her best friend needed her. Without the lock combination, the only possible outcome would be Jordan getting beat to a pulp by a large ninth-grade criminal. Nix lay her head against the wall and stopped her heart. Her body slumped in the chair and thankfully didn't collapse onto the floor. Had anyone noticed? The boys were in their own world, and for the time being, McGuckin seemed preoccupied with his letter opener, slashing through envelopes with disturbing brutality. Thirty seconds. Yeah, right. Nix entered the locker room from the west end to avoid accidentally floating through the shower area. This was going to be hard enough without more distractions. Despite her precautions, the moment Nix entered the locker room, she completely forgot what she'd come to do. Half-dressed guys rushed around slamming lockers and throwing towels around. It was only when she spotted Eric standing fully dressed against the wall that she remembered her mission. The boy stood with his arms folded, periodically glancing at his watch. Sweat drenched his shirt and hair. Nix smiled. Mr. Turtletab hadn't been bluffing about working him hard. But where was the P.E. teacher? If Eric wasn't forced to take a shower, their whole plan would be shot. Nick scanned the locker room, trying to keep her focus away from large patches of skin. No Mr. Turtletab. Nix passed through the wall into the entryway. Jordan stood by the door, trying his best to act nonchalant. I'm here, Nick said. Scratch your nose if you can hear me. Jordan hesitated, then with a look of extreme concentration, 
He slowly brought his hand up and touched his nose. Close enough. Eric is not showering. I've got to find Mr. Turtletap. Jordan stared straight ahead for a moment, as if straining his ears, then pointed toward the gym. He's in the gym? Jordan nodded once, slowly. Nick smiled. She didn't even have to rumble. After this was over, it would be fun to make him think she didn't get out, and the conversation had been all in his head. Wait outside on the grass, Nick said. It'll be less suspicious. Jordan walked obediently toward the door. Wow, he had really improved his listening skills. Nick's passed into the gym. Mr. Turtletab was wandering around the court, picking up brightly colored cones. Eric Patterson is not showering, Nick said when she was close enough. McGuckin won't be happy when he finds out Eric didn't fully participate. In fact, the vice principal will probably show up any minute to check on him. Turtletab didn't react. Eric, Nick rumbled. Shower. Turtletab adopted a pensive expression. Run! Either Nick was getting better at this, or Turtletab was extremely impressionable. He set the cones down at once and jogged to the locker room. Nix followed. Trepidation expanded. If she didn't do this next part right, Jordan could be in serious trouble. Turtletab entered the steam-filled room. Patterson, you know the rules. Eric rolled his eyes. We've got three minutes till school's out. What's the point? Better hurry then, Turtletab said. Wouldn't want to give the VP a reason to expel you. Nix looked at the clock. She had been a ghost for two minutes already. Most of the other students had already finished showering. I don't even have a- Turtletab grabbed a towel off a chair and threw it at the boy's chest. Eric stormed over to the lockers. Turtletab retreated behind the cubicles of his makeshift office at the far end of the room. Eric pulled his shirt off, sending Nix into a panic. This was not part of the plan. She was not going to stand here while this kid stripped down. But if she missed catching the combination, what would be the point? Well, if she missed it, she missed it. She had been given this gift to help people, not to be a creepy perv. She was about to head back to McGuckin's office when Eric pulled out his wallet and extracted a key. A key? He grabbed a tiny silver padlock. Good, there was no combination to steal after all. Jordan really could have done this on his own. And he was going to have to, because as soon as the locker was open, Eric began undressing in earnest. Nix thought herself outside. Jordan sat on the grass. Why couldn't everyone be so well-trained? Of course, he'd had more practice than anyone at distinguishing his thoughts from the ones she put there. She moved next to him. Listen up, Jordy. Prepare yourself. Eric should be in the shower any minute. Jordan took a pen and a scrap of paper out of his pocket. Combination? There is none. It's a padlock. He's got the key. Did you catch that? A key. Jordan stuffed the paper and pen into his pocket. So I've got to get the key? Did you see where he's keeping it? Well, he'll probably be naked, so unless he's going to swallow it and throw it up after the shower, I imagine it would be with his towel. Jordan got a strange look on his face. Could you repeat that? I don't think I got the first part. Just go in and find the key yourself. Seeing freshmen in their birthday suits was not on my list of things to do today. Jordan had the audacity to laugh as he made his way back to the bathroom. But despite her objections, Nix couldn't just leave Jordan to fend for himself. Maybe she'd peek in and if everyone was decent, she'd do what she could to help him find the key. It turned out Nix didn't have to worry. Most of the students were already fully dressed and filing out the door by the time she entered. No one took any notice of Jordan as he moved against the stream of exiting boys. Nix couldn't help being impressed with Jordan. He moved with confidence right to the only locker with a padlock and then felt in his pockets as if trying to remember where he had put the key. One minute until the bell rang. Nix had been out of her body for nearly five minutes. Should she go back? Even if it was just for a few breaths? No, this was the crucial moment. Jordan had only a few seconds to find the key and the pad. Nix had to help him a few seconds more. 
Jordan pretended to check his pockets again, apparently waiting for the last two boys to leave. Nix brought her feet to the floor and looked toward the showers. Through all the stalls and curtains, Nix saw a single pair of feet. Close by, a towel lay on the floor. Why not use the hook, unless he needed the towel to keep something hidden? He's the only one still showering, Nick said. The key's got to be under the towel. Jordan headed toward the showers. Nix followed, an imaginary knot where her stomach used to be. Jordan crept to the only occupied shower and stopped in front of the curtain. Nix was so glad the school board decided to put curtains in the high school. There were rumors about the middle school boys' shower configuration. It made Nix wonder why guys would ever sign up for P.E. in the first place. Jordan silently lifted the towel, revealing nothing but tile. He dropped it and looked back toward the lockers. Nix knew what he was thinking. Could Eric have hidden the key somewhere in there? Not likely, especially while it was still full of guys. Jordan must have decided the same thing, because he peeked through the gap in the curtain. His face lit up for a minute, then became worried. If he'd found the key, he was obviously troubled about how to get it. Abort mission, Nix said. There's no way. Nix, he said, his whisper all but drowned out by the running water. You're still here? Yes, and you've got 30 seconds before the growl sounds. Just get out of here. Jordan shook his head. It's in the soap dish. Tell me when his feet are turned to the left. Nix didn't have time to argue. She shifted her focus to the lower half of her body and watched the position of Eric's thick ankles. This was so stupid. Any minute he'd come out and find Jordan spying on him. Not only would they not get the notepad, Jordan would end up with his head cracked on the tile. Wouldn't that be nice? At least they'd be brain damaged together. Fifteen seconds to go, according to the locker room clock. McGuckin was probably trying to wake her up about now. How did she let Jordan talk her into these things? Something clattered inside the shower, startling Nix and sending Jordan around the corner into another stall. A colorful word issued from behind Eric's curtain. A hairy, mostly used bar of soap slid to a stop by his feet. Instantly, she was at Jordan's ear. Now! Below the curtain, Eric's hand appeared, fumbling for a grip on the soap. I said go! In two long strides, Jordan was back in front of Eric's stall. With the grace of a cat, he slid his arm past the curtain, and in the same fluid movement, the hand returned wet and gripping a silver key. Nix waited for the shout of anger from inside, but heard only the pounding of water on tile. Jordan was already halfway to the locker when the wolverine growl blasted through the shower door. Okay, Jordan, I really have to go now. You're on your own from here. Jordan slid to a stop and jammed the key into Eric's lock. Other way, Nick said. Turn it around. What was she still doing here? It was really time for her to go. But as the last echoes of the growl faded, Nix sensed something was wrong. Jordan finally undid the padlock and slid it out with a deafening grating sound. The locker clattered open and Jordan began rooting through the dirty clothes inside. Keep it down, Nick said. Do you want- Suddenly, she knew what was wrong. Why Jordan's banging sounded so loud. The water had stopped. <laughs> <laughs>